This is Brother Julius Adiyomi. We are going through the Gospel of Matthew. We finished chapter 12. We are now going to chapter 13, which is full of the parables of our Lord Jesus Christ that will teach us some great, give us some insight about the kingdom of God. And we are going to go slowly. I normally we read, then pause, compare scripture with scriptures and give some comments. And then I pray that the Lord will give us insight in this chapter 13 that is full of special parables that the Lord Jesus Christ gave. The first one is the parable of the sower. And the Lord was teaching mysteries of what the kingdom of God is about. What is the plan of God? What is the plan of this of God for this planet and for we human beings? Or who, why we are, is, they are in parables he was telling us. And you see some of those parables in this chapter 13 where Christ was an ally telling us or describing to us what the plan of God is for us human beings. And what the plan of God is for this planet that he created. That's what you see in this parable. Let's go slowly. Chapter 13, verse 1. The same day that when Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Now this is the first parable. And we are going to investigate and explain. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and shook them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear? Let him hear. Now, this. Parable, I'm just going to read the interpretation because the Lord gave the interpretation of this parable when the disciples asked him. So there will be not much of uh, me explaining or explaining other than just read the interpretation. Verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speak thou unto them in parables? Well, just imagine if this is all that he said to the crowd that came to listen and just told them like a story like this. And that's all, and they and walked away without explaining what that meant. It will just look like, well, this man is the storyteller. Not so. So, but that's why the disciples say, Why are you speaking to them in parables? Nobody will understand what you mean. What, what, what this is all about? What is it? What does it mean? You are just preaching the gospel. What is the gospel? And so on and so forth. And Jesus said, He answered and said unto them, verse 11. Because it is given unto you, that is you disciples, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. 
But to them, that is people that are not disciples, that they are not following. They just come to listen. Ah, they walk away. But he said they, to them, he said they are just not going to be interested. He said, but to them, it is not given for them to understand these things. Pastor said, for whosoever asks, to him shall be given, and shall have more abundance. And he that, and he shall, and, but whosoever asks not, from him shall be taken away, even that he asks. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they see, see not, and hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. Now, who are the people the Lord is talking, to, talking about here? He's talking about those who are not disciples, who are not following him. So, who are the disciples? Not just the 12 apostles. Anytime the Lord gather, there are people that, have be, that are believing. You say they talk about some women that are following. And some other people, they were believing. Out of them, he called the 12 out of them. But anytime he came to a town, those who have already believed that he's the Messiah, they followed and they followed and kept following until they want to go back home. Also. But there are some that are not interested. They saw a crowd, they just came by and listened. And they may say the crowd, and they are not believing, they are not following. And that's all. The, that's why there are different categories of hearers. And Christ knew about that. That's what this parable is all about. And he said, some of them, only those who are disciples, we come closer for him to explain what he meant. So these disciples came and said, why are you speaking in parable? And he said, it's for you to know, understand. But for them, it's not for them to understand. That's why I say, therefore, speak I unto them in parable, because they seen, they see not, hearing, they hear not. Verse 40, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. We said, by hearing, you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing, you shall see, and shall not perceive. For these people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. You say, well, it doesn't mean that God doesn't want them to understand. The Bible said they were the ones that purposely closed their own ears. So it is the responsibility of the person that is listening. If you are interested, that's exactly right. You hear the preacher preaching. If you are interested in learning more about what he's talking about, you will listen and come closer, ask questions. Want to be disciples. So that is what is mean by they are disciples. You read something on the internet about the gospel and you are interested to know more. Then you communicate with those, that preacher. You get more information. You get more books. You go back to their website and learn more. That means you are a disciple. You want to know more. But others, you just read through and they just throw it away. They are not interested in religion. They just throw it away. Those are the ones that say they will never understand it because they are like the ones that just fall and go on stony places or on the road. The devil does not let them believe it. Or let, does not let them come consider it. Verse 16 says, But blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. That's the we that are believing, that are believers that are pursuing him, wanting to know more. Say, Our eyes are blessed for they see, and our ears are blessed for they hear. Verse 17 For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see. And I have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear, and I have not heard them. Now, this particular Bible verse, I like to explain it a little bit. God said, many prophets and righteous men before, before that time have decided to see this Messiah. 
Why? Because many of them knew about some of them that God has revealed them to revealed to them that God Himself will visit the earth. People like Job, a righteous man, and many of the prophets that were prophesying before Christ came, they knew that God was saying He was going to visit the earth as a human being and preach on, on the earth. So they would like to be there to hear God speak. That's what Christ said. Many prophets were designed to, to see this day, to hear him speak. They, they never get the opportunity. And those fishermen that he called out of the lake are given this opportunity. What a blessing. What a, what a, what a great opportunity. That's what Christ was referring to when he said, he said but people thought uh, it was just a, the same way. Just, they just think it's just nothing. Just think of apostles, Potter, James, and John, these fishermen that Christ picked up, and they became heroes in heaven. Not only heroes, their names are inscribed on, at the foundation of the city of God that God is saying is coming at the end of the world, the new Jerusalem. By just following this rabbi that they didn't even know this is the real Messiah until he told them he's the Messiah. And they were persecuted and beaten by all these great men that claimed to be great men in that generation. But they were blessed. That the fishermen, common fishermen, became the heroes that their names are inscribed in the city of God for eternity. What a great, what a great blessing. That's what Christ was referring to. I said, blessed are your eyes for seeing this thing. Many prophets and righteous men, they decide to see God when he can come down upon the earth to hear him talk. But they didn't have the opportunity. But you fishermen that you speak, you had this opportunity, you have your eyes seeing this God. That's why they said they are blessed. And we that are following and still following the Lord Jesus Christ, we are blessed for you believing it and following because our name also are written in heaven that we are believers. And those that are listening and do not believe, sorry for you. You better turn around and come to Christ. Verse 18, that said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Now the Lord was going to explain the parable of the sower that he just gave in verse 5. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and casheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. See, those are the people that they don't understand what this man was saying. The devil just said, forget about this. So they are by the wayside. Verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and I not rejoice, receiveth it. Yet has he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. That is one of the warnings that is, if you believe Christ, there will be a persecution. If you start from your own family members, your daddy, your mommy, your parents, your friends, they will hate you for turning to Christ, for becoming righteous. Like we have given several testimonies like that. But if you stay because of the persecution, you quickly drop the Christianity, then you, you are one of those that uh, they are stony places. They like to do it, but uh, they just can't stand the persecution. They, they are offended. Then they just say, well, I can't, I can't die for a religion. That's, that's, that's their problem. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the tongues. You see that hearing the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world and it becometh unfruitful. So the cares of this world is all the businesses you have to do, 
all the eating and drinking that you have to provide for, businesses, your job, and so on. You have no time to read the Bible. You have no time to come to fellowship, to church. You have no time to pursue this thing rigorously, this life of Christ rigorously. Or because of your, of, uh, of your business type, you can't do this honestly. Why? You've got to make money. They say, well, God said, if you are going to be a believer, you shouldn't be taking bribe. Oh, gee, you need money and you keep doing the bribe. Then just the cares of this world is choking the word of God. You like to be righteous, but see, they say you have to do kickback, contract. Somebody told me when I was in Nigeria, he said, you can't you can do business in this Lagos because, you, because they, they just, all the places where you have to get contract, they want you to give them kickback money back in the under the under the table so that they can give you the contract. Which the, this man himself knew that that is wrong. But he needed the contract, so he has to do it. Give them part of the money under the contract. Or inflate the invoice and 50-50 share the, the inflate, inflated price. He said those are he knew his corruption. He said but he said he couldn't do without it. For him to take Jesus Christ, he has to stop that corruption. So because he couldn't do without the contract he didn't want to take Jesus Christ. That is what Christ is saying. The cares of this world will choke the word of God and they will not be bearing any fruit because they just can't give up those ungodliness for, the, for Christ. So that is the one that said they are on, to, on, on, among tongues. That's verse 22. He also receives seed among the tongues. He sees that here in the world and care of this world, deceitfulness of riches, Shook the world and he becometh unfruitful. Verse 23. But he that receives seed into the good ground, he see that heareth the word and understandeth it. Understand it first. Which also bear fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thousand. Now that's also caveat that is the good seed are people that follow, they understood this thing and they are following the gospel. They are following everybody, even though you are following the gospel, does not mean you are all going to produce the same rate. Some are approaching 100 fold, which is the best. Some are approaching 60 fold. Some they are still accepted. Some are even producing just 30 fold. They are still accepted by God. They are producing some fruit. Because even if you plant corn, and here is all of them have blades and all of them are grown up. You see this corn has three or four years of corn. This one we have five. This one we have seven. And they are all in the same. They will all be producing according to their measure. That is what Christ says. Some you produce 100 fold, and that's best. Some 60 fold, that's, best, that's good. Some 30 fold, that's fair. And they are still accepted. But at least they are on good ground. So, but the first characteristic is that they understood it. They understood the message, and then they, do, they produce the fruit with patience. In another place, say they are producing their fruit with patience. Understanding it, working it out, working it out, working it out, it takes some patience. Verse 24. The Lord continues because the parable is another parable is going to give to them now in verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tears also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in thy field? 
from Wednesday last this tears. He said unto them, an enemy. An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tears, ye root up also the wheat with them. And that is common. I have a garden here, and each time I try to pull the weeds because sometimes the grass are just too many, and I didn't plant the grass, they're just shooting up. If I plant some tomato and you try to pull the grass, the grass has roots everywhere, the grass keeps crawling and planting their roots everywhere. If you're trying to pull out the, the grass, it may be pulling the tomato that you are just trying to come up. And that's why he said, yeah, let them all go together. That's the same time the live philosophy Christ was using it. So let them all grow up together. Just give them more water, give them more nutrition. All of them grow together. He said, why, less why you gather up the tears, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tears. And bind them in bundles to bond them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Now that parable, we will explain it later, but let's continue because I'm not going to explain I want us to read the explanation when we get to the explanation in verse 36. But going to give another parable there. Another parable put it forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like it to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. That's a parable. Now, I will explain it because he did explain some of these small, small ones. He said, it's like a seed that was planted and it became a big tree. And the boss lay on the, on the branches thereof. Now, that is symbolizing his kingdom that is setting up. Christ came like a single seed, started the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God became worldwide also. That's like a tree that became worldwide. And they say the, the balls are just laying on the branches. That is why you see balls of the air, balls symbolizing evil spirits. They are laying on the branches, trying to make the branches become corrupt. Like you have so many denominations that are all saying they are also following Christ. And yet, you can see that demonic oppression, false prophets are claiming to be, to be preaching Christ. False religion are also shooting up. And occultic groups claiming to be part of the church. Some denominations are like talk occultic groups, without naming their names. And that is what he said. He said, both of the are just lying on the branches thereof. But see, God still knows that. You know, you see the true branch. Verse 33. Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. And that's another parable he gave. Just saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. So what does that mean that the kingdom of heaven is like this? That is, the kingdom that he is starting will come to be like this. That's what he said. Because he brought a kingdom of heaven on earth. The kingdom of heaven is come upon you. And that's because the king himself came down to start calling people into his kingdom. Calling people into his kingdom. Calling people into his kingdom. The kingdom is still in the future, but he's beginning the kingdom in our hearts. 
It's beginning the kingdom in our heart. It's changed heart. But the kingdom that is going to come back and reign upon the earth physically is still in the future. And that is one is calling people into that kingdom and to be a member of that kingdom. You are becoming citizens of the kingdom that is coming. Citizen is like a country. Let somebody start a, start a country in, a, in the world right now. You see, that's never happened. The countries are already formed. But you come and call, grab, cut, cut, let's say you, you buy acres of land and say, this is going to be a country or a city. And then you are the owner of the city. And then you go to New York and you tell New Yorkers about your city. And say, anybody wants to have a house in that city. And you begin to collect people. That is like setting up a city also. And bringing them into that city. They buy a land from you. But this time is making them to become citizens of his kingdom. He's going to give them a new birth. You know, like a passport. Also. So that is almost like what Christ came. He came to start a kingdom. And it's calling people to be members of that kingdom. Calling people to be members. Those who are believing are coming to be part of that kingdom. That's why I say the kingdom of God is suffering violence. They are coming in by force. They are coming in, hearing, and they are believing. And up, he said, till the end of the world, is doing that. His, his kingdom is being filled with many people. So until my house is full. That is what he's talking about. But he's not saying this is something that's going to be happening about that kingdom that is starting. He mentioned that parable in verse 32. That it will be like if you almost feel the whole world as demons now will begin to try to make their own abode on that kingdom by starting their own false religion and say they are also part of the kingdom. And that's why he said the boss of the earth lying on the branches thereof. Now he's going to tell us what again another thing that's going to happen to what he, the kingdom is setting up in verse 33. That the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. Leaven is symbolizing. Corruption. Eleven is put like a yeast is put inside a flour when you mix it up and it makes the flour rise and become bigger. That's polluted. So it's, it, Christ is using that, that it's eleven that is swelling up the, 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 the bread. Also, he's saying that is what the kingdom of heaven will also be like. That a woman, is a spirit, we put his false doctrine into three measures, almost like Three different dispensations, three different generations of the of the of the of the church, and then the whole place will be full of false doctrines. The whole place will be full of false religion. The whole place will be full. Of, that's what it means. That the whole place, the whole bread was leavened, and that happened. In our, we can look back and see that about the first church age after the apostles were called killed, and the believers are still believing. Then they came Catholicism that started. It looked like looked like a church, but they say it was eleven planted into it, and then it became denominations, denominations, denominations that are not doing exactly what God wants. So that is like a whole a, a spirit that put in leaven, and the whole bread was leaven. But therefore, all these things speak Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without the parable speak he not speak. Speak ye not unto them. Verse 35. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophecy. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went to the house. And his disciples came unto him saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tears of the field. Now they understood that that parable of the tears of the field must be very important 
they wanted to know the meaning of it. So they came and asked him, like, declare unto us the meaning of that. Declare unto us the parable of the tears of the field. But start say, now Christ said that it's only the disciples that we understand this thing because they come and ask questions later. And in the quietness of the, away from the crowd, he was explaining this to them. So that's why they were able to report it to us. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man, that is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, is the one sowing the good seed. The field is the world. This world we are in is the field where he is sowing the good seed. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tears are the children of the wicked one. Now look at that. He's saying the good seed are the children of the kingdom, human beings, children of the kingdom. But the tears are the children of the wicked one, which means Satan has some children or not. And he's explaining to us here. Verse 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tears are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this, of this world. That is, in the end of the world, there will be some separation. The tears are going to be gathered and burned in the fire. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. They shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now you can see that the Lord, in this parable, he makes us to see that there will be burning of, by fire at the end. The lake of fire is real. Hell and lake of fire, the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 20 that hell itself, which is like a prison yard, will be cast into the lake of fire. Satan and all his devils will be cast into the lake of fire. All human beings that do not have their name in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast into the lake of fire. And that is preached by the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he confirmed it by the book of Revelation when he revealed it to Apostle John. But he was preaching hell and lake of fire. That it will be like that at the end. Some people don't believe there is hell. In fact, in our generation, some people say, Oh, God is so love. He will never throw anybody into hell. Everybody will be saved in the end. No way, sir. Christ is saying it is, this is the way it's going to be. That there will be the tears that shall be bound together and cast into furnace of fire. It was the Lord Jesus Christ that preached it and confirming in the book of Revelation that that was the plan, that's how it's going to be. So don't let anybody deceive you and say there is no hell or there will be no lake of fire in the end. It is preached by Jesus himself. God became man, told us exactly what will happen. He said, but God is love. Yes, that's why he's extending his compassion to mankind right now. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he told the disciples, the Jews, the Jews, the chief priests that do not believe, said, Except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And if they die in their sin, they will be going to hell, a lake of fire. So it is very important that you that listen to me be a believer in Christ. And if you are not, repent right now, while it is time. Repent so that you can be born again. This hell and lake of fire is real. The Lord Jesus Christ himself has one preached, preached it. Moses did not preach anything like that because he was only dealing with Jews. I was talking to a, a friend that was in, many years ago who was a Jew, or he said he was a Jew. He was a black 
uh, black American, as you say, he was Jewish when he was Jew. And I was telling about the Gansavia, he said, well, we Jews don't, uh, don't have any sense of hell or something. So they are just to obey. So, but you can't obey unless you have Christ. It's Christ that is Christ in us is the only hope of salvation. Christ in us is the only hope of salvation. Without Christ, you can say you are trying to obey. They are trying to obey. The Pharisees were trying to obey the laws of Moses. They couldn't. That's why Christ came to save mankind. Let's continue. Verse 44. You don't continue with the other parables. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which when a man has found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has, and buyeth that field. Now that's another parable that is alluded to, and some people will explain that say, right? the, the merchant man that finds a treasure in the field is symbolizing the Lord himself, and he went and, and came back to possess the abet. That's a, that, that will be one way to, to, to mean this, because these are the parables, he didn't explain this one. But he's telling us some, something that you've got to give all. If I can put it in man, man's perspective rather than saying it is Christ that came and bought this field. No, he's saying you better give it all. That's what this man did. You saw a field and you went and for joy go out and sell it all that he has and buy it. That is, if you know what this thing is all about, you give it all. If you know that this kingdom of God is coming, if you know that this universe, the physical universe alone, we are going to inherit it. And God is calling to be part of them that are going to inherit the physical universe. You want to sell everything you have to be part of that. Sell everything you have. Commitment that I want to be part of that. The physical universe, see all the galaxies, see all the super clusters, see all the planets. And God said, we are going to inherit everything. Human beings are going to inherit everything. The human beings that are redeemed, that are saved. So you want to be one of them. When we'll be visiting all the super clusters, just for sight, tourist attraction. It's coming, folks. It's coming. That's why I tell people. The glory that shall be revealed in us, Apostle Paul was saying, the, the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. When people are trying to go to Mars by trying to build a, a very huge a very huge uh, shuttle, space shuttle. But when everything is over with, we will be visiting all those super clusters without having any space shuttle because it's building in us that we'll be able to change from particle to wave, to light. Like Christ could appear right now in the form of ball of light. We are going to be able to change like that and just disappear and appear in another universe or another galaxy. Wherever you want to go. You want to go to Oh, you have a friend on, on Jupiter. Just say, I wish, I want to go to Jupiter. And the power of the Holy Ghost just transform you. And you appear in Jupiter at the speed of light. Transportation system. It's already, the angels are using it right now. God is bringing us back to that glory. That was what Adam lost. And God is going to bring us back to it through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why he said, sell everything you need, you have, just to be part of this. That is exactly how I interpret this chapter 44. It says it's like a treasure that's hid in the field. A man found it and was for joy. He went and sell everything and said, I must get this field. If you know what is coming, you will say, I want to get rid of everything. I just to possess this immortality, to possess this Jesus, to possess this kingdom of God. That is what I'm trying to make you to see. 
It's bigger than what you can imagine. He said, eyes have not seen or ears have not seen come to the heart of my what God has prepared for them that love him. And he's revealing to us. Let me tell you an example. The Lord took me in a vision. I say it's a vision, but I was there physically, I can't tell. He took me into the universe. At a distance from the universe, I saw one thing like bubbles. You know, like when you see them blow bubbles, you see bubbles of soap. I saw what looked like bubbles. And then the Lord brought me into, we penetrated to one of those bubbles. And when I entered to those bubbles, inside those bubbles were other bubbles. Which means that first bubble I entered to is like a galaxy. So God at this vantage point, they are like bubbles to him. And then he brought me to enter to one of those bubbles. And when we entered to them, I saw galaxies of bubbles again. And I said, wow, this is another bunch of uh, planets or what? And then we entered to one of those sinner bubbles. And I was back on earth. God was trying to make me say, oh, eyes have not seen what God has prepared for man. That you could take me that far away to be able to see those galaxies of planets as bubbles. Knowing people that goes to the space station and they go to the, to the, what do you call it, to the space station and they see the planet Earth as big ball underneath them. If they go as far as the moon, they will be seeing the planet Earth like big ball. If you go farther away, planet Earth will just be like a bubble to you too. So you see how God took my spirit, I believe it's my spirit, to be far away to be able to see even galaxies like bubbles to him. The one that is ancient of this, that is eternity. He is the high and lofty God that inhabited eternity. Hallelujah. And he's showing this to us. Why did he show me that? Because he has made me his son. And he's calling all of, you, all of us to be, come and become his sons. And he's showing to us. He said, the Holy Ghost will show us things that he has. That's what Jesus Christ said. That the Holy Ghost will show us things to come. And that's one of the ways he has shown it to me. That I make to, so, to say, sell everything you have to be a member of this kingdom, my friend. That's what Christ was saying in that first chapter, that parable of verse 44 of Matthew chapter 12, chapter 13. Sell everything you have to be a member of this kingdom. Why? Because you are going to be inheriting all these grasses that God created. You wonder why God has so billions of people on earth? And there are still billions and billions more that have been on this planet? They said the planet earth right now, the people that are here, they are almost 8 billion. God has a plan of what he wanted to do with all these souls. It's only the redeemed, the Christians that are born again. That's why he's shaking us to become like him, redeemed. So if you are not redeemed, you better come to Christ. Let him save your soul so that you can be a member of this kingdom that's coming. And then we shall be visiting all the super clusters just for tourist attraction. Like people who come to New York, they say they want to go visit that place, want to go visit that place for tourist attraction. We, in the end, after the new heaven and new earth has come, the saints of God that are redeemed from this planet will be visiting all those super clusters and galaxies for tourist attraction. Whatever God already has there. And we shall be seeing them because there are things up there that we don't know yet. I'm telling you, sell everything you have to come and be a member of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's coming soon. Let's continue. Praise the Lord. Verse 45. Telling us about another parable here. Jesus said he's telling about the kingdom of heaven. That is like this, it's like that. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's similar to this one. I first said that they, you have to give it all, give everything you have just to get this thing. If you know what you are getting, that's if you know that this is a goodly pearl. That's why they are sell, that's why you're giving a pearl of someone that sells everything just to purchase this thing because you know how much he's going to get. This is this is valuable. 
So the same way the kingdom of God is valuable, friend. The kingdom of heaven we are talking about is valuable. For all you have, for all it takes, make sure you get that kingdom of God. Make sure you are part of Christ. Make sure you are in him. Make sure he is in you. Make sure you are, you are partaker of this kingdom that's to come, the new heaven and the new house. Make sure you are partaker of whatever you need to do to sell everything you have to be a member of it. That's what Christ is saying. <laughs> that is what he's talking about here. That you found a power of great price, you went and sold all to buy it. Verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered every kind, which when it was full, they draw to shore. And sat down and gathered the good into his vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and suffer the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. They shall be willing and gnashing of teeth. Now, that is again another parable the Lord gave to symbolize how there will be separation at the end, which he has said in the, in the parable of the tears in verse 41 to 43. He explained that. that the angels will come and separate the, right, the, the wheat from the tears. And he just gives another parable here and says, it's like fishermen that goes through the net into the sea and then they draw it to the shore and find there are good fish, there are some rubbish, there are some crabs, they don't want crabs, they don't want all this one. They throw those they don't want back into the ocean or throw it away. And then they gather the good fish into their, into their house. They wish when it was full, they draw to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. But so shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. They shall cast the wicked into the furnace of fire. There shall be willing and gnashing of teeth. That's why we are saying there will be Jesus Christ that preaches about hell and lake of fire. This end of the world he is talking about is the lake of fire, not even hell. People die and go to hell right now without angels coming to it. But this is talking about at the end of the world, the angels will come. That is at the end of all things, there will be a judgment. You see that in the book of Revelation chapter 20, where he said, the ancient of days, this seat, and the judgment was set. And all the dead are standing before God. All the dead that are not redeemed, they are standing before God. And the books were open, and they are being judged. According to the books, those who thought God is going to weigh their righteous work with their good works, they are the ones that are going to be standing before God on that day. But the saints are in the Lord Jesus Christ who has saved us, and the saints are already living with him for 1,000 years to live and reign here. And then at the time of that great judgment, we are with Jesus judging these people, judging the world of sinners that have been resurrected at the end to stand before God. So that's why there was no win of your sin. The Bible said the books were open, the books of whatever they have done, right? yeah. They need evidence, yeah. That's the records. But there may be some gleaning. Some people may still be by snatching out of fire in the end. That's like the gleaning when you do harvesting of the field because the field, the world is the field. And those that are there, maybe there will be some field that has gleaned out of there. But the Bible says only if their names are in the book of life and the book of life of the Lamb of God. And all those that are going to live in the new world to come, their names are in the book of life. And they just look at the books of life. If their name is not in the book of life, well, they are thrown to the lake of fire. And that is what the Bible is saying here, that when Elijah just gave, gave this parable, he said, those that are, that are wicked, they are just going to be cast into the furnace of fire. And they will be waiting in the nation of the Verse 51. 
Jesus said unto them, I have few understood all these things. They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. That is, make sure you are separating the new and the old. Old means that it's one of the things God said, God requires things that are of old. But now to you it may be new, but it's things that are of old. Make sure you are able to separate the new from the old, you know, the good from the bad. Verse 53, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence, and when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, in so much that they were astonished and said, Whence has this man this wisdom and this mighty works? It's not this the carpenter's son, it's not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Judah. Those are all those names are the children of Mary that he had for she had for Joseph. Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin. And they said, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Which means Mary, the mother of Jesus, have daughters and sons. And they listed the sons, one, two, three, four. Four sons and another daughter, some daughters. But Jesus Christ was uh, born of the Holy Spirit. And said they were offended. They said, and he says, I did not know. Whence then asked this man all these things? Now he was he went to Nazareth according to this Bible verses and was preaching in the synagogue and in another place they actually said they they they, they wanted to cast him out, they wanted to kill him that day because he because he told them what they didn't want to hear. But according to what Matthew reported, because he was not there when that happened, he just reported that there they were offended at him. But Jesus Christ said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. In actually, in the other Bible gospel reporter, they could not do mighty works because of their unbelief. They, he couldn't do it because they would not believe. That is, unbelief can hinder the power of God being demonstrated. Christ showed us that one when he went to Nazareth. Unbelief of the people can hinder the demonstration of the power of God. I remember a minister of the gospel that said he was preaching in a place and after he had in, a, in a crusade in a, in, a, in, a, in a church and nothing was happening. Maybe praying for the sick, nothing was happening. Nobody was getting anything. And then he said, and he had to be there for so many weeks. And he said, he, he finally... The Lord finally told him that next time, tomorrow, when you, he said he prayed and fasted every day for something to happen. And the Lord told him that, look, take the people to a, a separate room where you want to pray tomorrow night. Take them to a separate room where nobody should come except those who you want to pray for. Don't even allow the pastor to come. The pastor, you have to come. He's the pastor of the church. So when you tell the pastor that the Lord said he should not come to the room where you are going to lay your hand upon all those secrets. And when he did that that night, and he, and he just said, tell them that will they, of, will they be disappointed? Will they, will, they, will, they, will they be angry if he did it just like Jesus Christ did it? He said, no. Yeah, Jesus Christ took somebody out of the crowd to pray for him. And that was exactly what he, he just told him to do. And he did that, and then the miracles were happening. Miracles were happening to those that he prayed for in a, in a separate room. Away from the crowd in the church, away from even the pastor and his wife. And the pastor finally confessed to that man, minister of God, that 
realized that he himself, himself perhaps was also in England because he was not believing. When the man was in the front of the church, or in the front of the audience praying for them, the pastor sitting behind him was, was not believing. His unbelief was hindering the, the flow of the power of God. So that's why Christ gave the same example. When he went to his city, to, to his uh, hometown, they were not believing. So he could not do much miracle. And the Bible said, well, he was able to heal some few people that have some minor ailment. But he said the prophet was is not without or safe in his own country. So we need to believe and we need to exercise our faith. When your faith is strong, that you can even draw the anointing from the Lord Jesus Christ. I just pray that the Lord will help us that are preaching and help us that are hearing that we will be able to have enough faith to draw the anointing from the Lord Jesus Christ to heal our body, to do whatever we need to do, so that signs and wonders can happen in the name of Jesus Christ. This will be the end of chapter 13. We'll continue this in the next chapter. God bless you. Amen.